Now, Niall, we're talking about the great big Birdwatch Ireland Mooney Goes Wild Garden Bird Survey, which is going to take place live on air on the 5th of February. But the Garden Bird Survey is ongoing. It is, yes. So the Irish Garden Bird Survey, it's been running for uh, 35 winters now in its current format. Uh, and uh, it's uh, great. We know that so many Mooney Goes Wild listeners particularly really take it to heart. What we do essentially is we ask people over the course of 13 weeks during the winter, so from the end of November through to the end of February, uh, to keep track of the different species of bird that visit their garden on a weekly basis basis, but also the highest number of each species they see at any one time. Uh, and it might sound a little complicated, but actually it's, it's very simple. When you get your head around it, it it's easy enough. Uh, and then what happens is thousands of households across the country do this. And the data we get from this is absolutely phenomenal. There's no way that we could get professional ornithologists to go out and collect even a fraction of that amount of data. Um, but to get all of this information in, it tells us so much about uh, how bird populations are doing, how they're responding to weather, things like climate change, food availability. And when you have three and a half decades of this data there, it builds up such an amazing picture. Sometimes people would think, you know, organisations like Birdwatch Ireland, they'd probably only be interested in in monitoring the the rare bird populations Mm. and surveying those. Now, we do do that, of course, but you can actually tell a lot more from monitoring the common birds because the the sample sizes are so much higher. And that's where you often first detect changes in populations. So when throughout the course of the survey, let's say, for example, birds like goldfinches have been really common, but we've seen them actually increasing in gardens. Conversely, we've seen over the last 10 years or so a big decrease in another common bird called the greenfinch. Um, so a lot of people still have them in their gardens, but we know their numbers are going down. It seems because of, a, in, in the case of the greenfinch, because of a disease that's been hitting them. Without thousands of people taking part in the survey, we just think those birds are just standardly common. We wouldn't know that their distributions were changing, their populations were going up or down. So it really is amazing that people do this for us. And I really appreciate every, each and every person who submits their, their sightings. Well, we've teamed up this year, so we're going to have a great big garden bird watch on Monday, 5th of February from 3pm on RT Radio 1. We'll have our regular contributors dotted around the country, but we're also asking you to take part, to phone in on that day. And we'll guess, look, it's not going to be scientific. It'll be a snapshot in this place at this time on this day. Here is what was in my garden. And it's just to really raise awareness of garden birds and get you interested in the field. Now, Jim Wilson, it was really him, our man in Cork, Jim Wilson, who came up with the idea for the Garden Bird Survey. So what is it, 35 years ago thereabouts? In the original format, I think it's back in the mid-80s actually that that Jim first came up with this idea here in Ireland and to to capture what's going on around uh, with with bird populations in gardens. So hats off to him for that. Uh, And uh, since then it's it's grown and it's become a phenomenon. A lot of people around the country really, I would almost say obsessed with it. That's how how, how deep now it is in in, in many people's uh, calendar. People really like it. We're still only halfway through so there's still plenty of time for people to take part. Well the great news is that we'll also be able to stream live from Jim's garden on the day. Now earlier today we spoke to him from where? His garden in Cove in County Cork. Derek, good morning, good morning Niall and everybody listening to. I'm here in my garden and I've been watching some uh, blue tits, uh, they look like they're starting to pair up uh, and there was a great tit checking out one of the nest boxes, went in and out about three times, looked at the entrance. Uh, so obviously today it's nice and bright and dry, it's bloody cold, but it's obviously a day for them to get a chance to think ahead to, to the breeding season. And of course, because of that, uh, it, gardens are really, really important habitats in Ireland now. I think if you add them all up, it comes to thousands of acres of, of, of potential uh, nature reserve uh, on the country, uh, in the country. And the, the birds, as I say, at the moment are more interested 
in surviving through these really cold spells we're getting now especially because the ground is hard there's less insects because the winters have been milder so birds have been able to get some insects during the winter but now even that's gone uh, any any kind of uh, you know ground uh, hunting birds like the thrushes and the and the blackbirds the ground is going to be like concrete after a couple of days. And so they, they can't get at the worms because they all go deeper uh, and any, any other uh, uh, creatures that are living in the soil that they eat. Um, you'll probably get more robins coming to you if you're out getting your gardening ready for spring planting and all that sort of thing because they'll be relying on you digging, digging the ground to get down to where uh, all the food is. So yeah, so at the moment it's, it's, it's a crucial time for the birds to see them through the winter and as, as Niall uh, already uh, described so well uh, that the garden bird survey has shown us that um, indeed uh, gardens uh, are a very important habitat for birds in Ireland. So will you describe your garden? You yeah. Describe yeah. your garden. You're in Cove County Cork. Yeah. Tell us yeah. where you are and describe okay. the layout and how many feeders you have up. Okay. And more importantly what you actually have in them, Jim. Yeah, yeah, sure. I, I, I'm standing outside the, 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 the back kitchen here at the moment. There's a blue tit who is ignoring me and, and feeding away on just the, the, the classic stand standard peanut feeder in the in the wire mesh you know the square wire mesh feeder so i have that on a, on a pole and it, it, it's actually a metal pole that i that i scavenged from an old uh, city uh, couch that fell apart but the pole was perfect because nothing can climb up it and and so you just have the birds coming to that to that feeder out the back i'm looking at uh, it's house sparrow nest box on the garage and I'm looking at another uh, nest box over on the back wall. And then if I go to the other side of the house, which is the south facing, I've got my bird table and on the bird table, I have a very low roof on the bird table. A lot of bird tables you'll get in, in garden centres and stuff like that. The roof is so high, it's ornamental. It's, it's, it has no function. Uh, whereas I've my bird table... The roof is so low uh, that only the smaller birds can get in and out. And in that, I have a sunflower seed feeder. And it's very funny watching the, the blue tits and the gray tits and the robins, believe it or not, they come in and they grab one and then they fly to the nearest bush and then they dismantle the seed and, and eat the kernel and then they come in over and get another one and they go back to the bush. They don't actually eat at the table. But hanging off the table then, I have a Niger seed feeder with these tiny little black seeds, but the goldfinches love them. And I'm not joking you. I only got the feeder at a Birdwatch Ireland branch meeting just before Christmas because I'd never really used Niger seed. Uh, I'm not a big seed fan because if they get if the seed gets wet, it goes mouldy, it clogs up the feeders and stuff like that. But I said I'd give the Niger a go. I think I had two goldfinches in the garden up to the time I put out the Niger seed feeder and I'm not joking you within two days I had six goldfinches fighting over access to the seeds and within a week I recorded a flock of 27 goldfinches in the garden and I'm in a suburban garden I'm not out in the middle of the countryside and it's been amazing uh, with the goldfinches. So they've come in and they're using that. None, none of the other birds seem to have mastered the, the, the art of taking Niger seeds, which are tiny, out of the feeder. And, and because the, the hole is about the, the, the diameter of a pencil. Uh, so that I have that one. And then I have another classic peanut uh, feeder as well. I don't put out fat balls uh, in general because I, I find... 
you get all the starlings come in and they're, they're coming to the peanut feeders anyway mm-hmm. and they just take over sometimes and then you even get jackdaws coming in and I have jackdaws now coming to the peanut feeders uh, as well uh, I don't know how they get the peanuts out but you can see them pecking away at it so there, there's plenty of activity there then I also have a pond yeah. And I get I get as many birds coming to the pond in the winter because people often think in the winter, God, they'd hardly go for... They, I think they think of sea swimming, you know. God, jeez, they're not going to get into that cold water. But the birds don't mind it. They need to keep their feathers really in, in, in good good condition. So washing is important. So we, we get as many birds coming to the pond as we do even coming to the feeders. So there's always something to look at. There's plenty of activity for them. They come and go. And at the moment, the, the feeders, I've got like 14 or 15 house sparrows who have moved in. And they seem to only come here for the winter. I've yet to get them to use the nest box. They all disappear for the summer. So they obviously breed somewhere else nearby. And then they all move in and feed in the garden for the winter. Lovely. And you mentioned starlings. We'll be talking to Connor ah. McCauley, our northern correspondent, a little bit later on because I don't know if you know, this is the time of year when you're going to see the starling murmurations on oh, Isle. Yeah. We'll have plenty to say on that in a few moments as well. But in Northern Ireland, just over and then under the Albert Bridge. If you live in that part of the world, you'll be familiar with it. It's a beautiful bridge. The Starlings have been murmurating. Is that the word, Niall? Murmurating? Yeah, that'll do. That'll do. <laughs> Performing their murmurations uh, for the last God knows how long. We've featured them on the programme lots of times. But anyway, they disappeared and now they're back. Why are they back? We'll be finding out a little bit later on, Niall. Jim, really interesting listening to what you're saying there, particularly about the goldfinches, one of the loveliest birds I think we get in our garden. So many people just love to see them. They're so colourful with those red faces, that lovely golden yellow in the wing. Who wouldn't want them in the garden? Now, when we first started the Irish Garden Bird Survey, that bird was quite scarce in Irish gardens. It was maybe only 3 or 4% of the gardens participating in the surveys were recording them. That has sure changed over the last few decades. The species now regularly gets into over 80% of the gardens in the survey and I think that that food that you mentioned the niger seed I think that's one of the keys there those birds have learned that that's a really good source of food and energy for them and they just flock into the gardens when you provide it and then what we're finding too there's other birds benefit so as the winter progresses often as you're just getting in towards February another little member of the finch family called the siskin they seem to come down into the niger seed feeders now as well so that's another species that has learned this is a great source of food from in the gardens also I think when you're mentioning there about the different varieties of food sometimes really varieties that key because different species have different feeding requirements but you mentioned about watching the, the blue tits coming in and the way they take the seeds away the way that the jackdaws are so crafty they can take those fat balls and feed on those that's one of the things that I find most interesting about garden bird feeders you can see that some of the birds are incredibly smart some species are very good at solving problems whereas other birds they just really go on instinct they can't use logic to overcome problems so a good example would be the dunnock I have a dunnock that lives in my garden and it comes out in the evenings to snatch food that falls on the ground just below the table. Uh, it doesn't like to be up above the ground. It doesn't like to go to the feeders. And despite the fact that there's lots of food just above its head, it doesn't seem to be able to work out that it can just fly up there and feed on that when it wants to. Whereas for the blue tits or the magpies or the jackdaws, that's no problem. They can immediately work out how to, 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 to get around the way the other birds are behaving or how they can, they can sneak in to get the food and solve all these problems. It's fascinating stuff. Uh, to be honest, I'm just actually looking at a dunnock here 
here and it looks like it's looking at the, the feeder, but it's definitely wanting to be on the ground and you're dead right. And, and another thing is very interesting when people get to watch feeders. You know, some people think it's just, oh, a bird comes in, gets some seed and it goes away again. But as you say, there are so many different characters uh, in, in the garden bird, um, you know, lineup uh, that come in and out. And what I often find very funny is when a bird is on the feeder, it, it doesn't, a lot of them don't like eye contact with any other bird. So you have one bird on one side and you have another bird on the other side. And if one moves around and eventually gets eye contact, they start chasing each other uh, and then they settle down again. And they're all happy once they can't see each other on the feeder. I, I had a flock of six long-tailed tits come in this morning and there was a house sparrow on one side of the peanut feeder and the six of them actually managed to cram in on the other side and the, the house sparrow, I, I think it didn't even know they were there because it couldn't see them. It was quite amazing. So you, you get great, great fun watching the, 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 the behaviour and as, as Niall just said too mm. there, like the fact that you get like the siskin is, is now copying on as well to the Niger seed as well uh, and, and that's just fascinating and some might argue you know are you not kind of domesticating or semi-domesticating them you're, you're not really because in the summer you don't get the, the number of birds you normally get in the winter they move off and they start relying on natural food sources when there's plenty of that about and they, re, they, they revert back to the feeders only when they have to and I also say that with the amount of damage we've done over the decades and centuries to their habitat and continue to do you know when new houses are built and they have to be built and all that sort of thing they're losing more and more habitat then I think we're just kind of helping to redress the balance a little bit and that that, that I think is not a, no harm either Jim let's uh, talk to Eric Dempsey because we're talking about some of the common species in your garden that come in Eric Dempsey who is in County Wicklow who will also be part of this mega broadcast on the 5th of February he gets some well unusual and rare-ish birds Eric Hello, Derek. I hope you can hear me loud and clear. Loud and clear, Eric. Well, as we are speaking, and as I was listening to Jim and to Niall there, uh, and as I am looking out my window at the moment, I am in the presence of one of the most beautiful birds that in a million years I never thought I'd see on my nut feeders. I am actually watching a male great spotted woodpecker as we talk. And it is a stunning bird. If anybody's never seen a great spotted woodpecker, they're quite a large bird, about the size of maybe a blackbird, but they're, they're quite upright and uh, they are black and white. But they have a beautiful red undertail. And also the male has a little red spot on the back of its head. Now, about a week ago, we also had an adult female in and they are obviously nesting locally because in the summer, we actually had the male bring three juvenile birds into the feeders and they were all sitting around on the trees as he went from the nut feeder to the nut feeder and out and feeding the chicks in the garden. Now, in a million years, I never thought I would ever see the day. Oh, he's just just gone off there into into the other trees. I, I'm living um, just south of the lovely little village of Newcastle in County Wicklow, which is the home of East Coast Nature Reserve. And I'm, I'm about one and a half kilometres in from the coast. So I'm slightly inland. And um, we have about, myself and Hazel, we have about an acre and a bit of, of a garden. And we've planted loads and loads of trees, hundreds of native trees. We have some very old things like an old oak 
and an old sycamore and beautiful old ash trees also in the garden. And uh, we also have a large pond as well, which we put in and we're lucky to have things like newts and, and frogs in there as well. So I am I am I am very blessed to have a garden like this because, as you know, Derek, I was born and bred in Finglas and like I had nut feeders hanging out of the clothesline. And I suppose that's a wonderful thing about um, about bird feeding. You know, I'm very lucky to have a garden here, with, which is quite large, and we have several feeding stations up. Um, I was listening to Jim. Uh, Jim, you're very cheap using the old sunflower seeds. I have sunflower hearts. Our ones are very posh. They don't have to take them away. Do your birds a treat. Buy them sunflower hearts. Um, like yourself, Jim, we also put out Niger. And as the winter progresses, um, for some reason, our area really increases in finch numbers. And last winter, um, I had 87 goldfinches on the Niger feeders at one time, which was the highest count I ever had, but that was during a really cold snap. Uh, I also have the peanut feeders, which is what the, the great spot of woodpecker loves. I have um, seeds, which I place on the ground because a lot of finches coming in and a bird I'm looking for that we get into the garden every year is the sort of the, the northern version of a chaffinch. It's called a brambling. And we've been very lucky to get small numbers of bramblings in. They don't usually arrive into our garden till about January or February. We don't get them any earlier than that. Um, and uh, We've been blessed by those. They're beautiful birds, blackish heads and a beautiful deep orange breast. So I'm on the lookout for, for branding. So I spread a lot of seeds on the ground. And we also have the suet bowls. And at the moment, um, most days we have a lovely male black cap, which is a, a warbler now that winters in Ireland, probably from Germany or Poland or one of the Central European countries, and ha is wintering in Ireland. And um, it's a lovely grey, buffy grey bird with, as the name suggests, a black cap. That bird is actually feeding exclusively on the suet bowls, as are the, the raiding parties of, of long-tailed tits. So I'm in a, in a very fortunate position uh, that myself and Hazel have this wonderful garden. And the, the downside to having a wonderful garden is you get nothing done. You, you come down to the kitchen, you have a whole day's work maybe of admin to do, and you, you have your breakfast and you look out at the garden, and then five hours later you're still having your fourth cup of tea and still looking out at the garden. Uh, so it's, it is addictive, and I think that's the, the wonder of the, the bird survey, because people, once they start it, they do become addicted to it. And like you have these incredible birds outside of your window in winter, and what most people, of course, don't realise would be that an awful lot of these birds, if, if you could translate what they're speaking, they're speaking, you know, Swedish and Finnish. They're, they're, they're from Northern Europe, many of these finches. So it's, it's a real pleasure to have birds like that in your garden. Fantastic, Eric. And we'll talk to you on the 5th of February, OK? And hopefully the great spotted woodpecker will be performing well on the day, Derek. Hopefully. Talk to you again, Eric. Bye. Thank you. Bye. There goes Eric. God, Jim, will you ever get yourself some sunflower hearts, for heaven's sake? <laughs> well, obviously, Eric has forgotten his roots totally. I mean, God's sake, sunflower hearts. Where is he going? Uh, the bottom line actually is, is you know, they're, they're, it's all good. It's all good. And sunflower hearts, I don't come across them so often uh, to buy, but you can obviously get, get the seeds. And most pet shops now have become very good at getting good quality seeds. That's also important. You don't want to kill your birds with kindness by putting out, you know, half dried out peanuts and things like that check them and if you're not happy with them bring them back to the pet shop and tell them because sometimes they, 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 you, you get peanuts and they, they've kept them from the year before because they didn't sell and what happens is all the nutrients and the oils and everything 
degenerate and you, you, you're putting out low quality food for, for the birds then over the winter. So it's important that they're high quality and uh, a lot of them now have particular stamps on them of passed by various organisations as being good for birds and that, that is vital that the food you get is good but, but the quality now is much much better than it used to be and most pet shops uh, have a good selection of, of foods uh, that you can buy. Okay Jim, now we will talk to you on the 5th of February yep. again we'll be doing this live so we're encouraging everybody to make a date in their diary so it'll be the Mooney Goes Wild Bird Watch Ireland great big garden bird watch. <laughs> Jim thank you very much indeed and we'll talk to you later. Thank you Derek Bye. thank you Niall. Bye. Jim Wilson and Eric Dempsey truly are passionate about this subject. They really are and great ambassadors for the world of birds too. I hope that's inspired a lot of people to get out. Well you don't have to go out you can look out your kitchen window and record those birds. We have all the details on the on the Mooney Goes Wild website uh, so you can you can participate in the Birdwatch Ireland survey there. There's still plenty of time and then as you said Derek tune in on the 5th of February and we'll have a live updates. Yeah it's going to be like the dawn chorus you see. Except we get a bit of a lion. Yeah we get a bit of a lion and it's happening during the day Yeah, and you can see what's going on around you. Normally in the dawn chorus you just hear the birds you can't see them but now we're asking you to see them to look and see what's in the garden. There won't be much in the way of singing. You might hear the odd robin but you won't hear much else at this time of year it's fair to say. It is. I just noticed just this morning I heard um, both goldfinches and blackbirds starting to sing outside really? my house. So oh yeah, it's, some, it's just it's just kicking off really now. Um, it's early, but um, yeah. So it, it just shows us that we're, we're already past the, the the shortest day in the year. The days are getting longer. That pr- produces hormones in the birds that prompt them to start singing yeah. because singing is territorial behaviour. So although they're not nesting yet for most species, at least they are starting at the very early stages to get into breeding. Yes, there's mode. definitely a stretch in the evening. Now <laughs> there's no question about it.